Riverside. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Men in Gitch, the podcast where we give you bi-weekly updates on video game news and industry news and announcements and all that sort of stuff. Except for this time, which we didn't do bi-weekly, we missed a weekend, which is why we're bringing you the super special Sorry We Missed a Weekend episode, which is this episode, where we're going to talk about news and rumors, like we normally do, with very little change, except we're also going to talk about Back for Blood, because we all played the beta, and... Uh, give our opinions on what we thought and how we think the game's shaping up to be. I am joined once again by the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon. The honorary cowboy. The honorary cowboy. Yes. You, uh, the episode where you were not with us, you were in Montana being a cowboy. How was that? Uh, there were a lot of cowboys (laughs) and pickup trucks and I felt very out of place i was driving the only cadillac probably in that state and other than that it was really nice great country great countryside i should say lakes every 20 miles it seemed like if you haven't been to montana i highly recommend it nice nice and we have a special guest the man of mystery the international man of mystery shelly how are you today shelly oh i'm not too bad how about you Oh, not too bad. Um, what have uh, what have we been up to since since the last time we've uh, we shot an episode? I, uh, Sheldon and I went to see uh, we went to see we went to see uh, Green Knight, the Green Knight in theaters, yeah. and we went to see the Suicide Squad in theaters. And uh, I'm just gonna put it out there: Suicide Squad was like unreasonably good, like way better yeah. than I thought it was gonna be. Better than the first one. Oh, oh, so, so substantially, to say the yeah. least. <laughs> okay, cool. That makes it worth watching. Let's. Yeah, it. It was, honestly, you're recommend. gonna have a great time. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good one, and uh, the Green Knight as well. The Green Knight is uh, that was a really good uh, movie. I'm glad we saw that one in theaters. That one was very, very trippy, and very atmospheric, very theatrical, very atmospheric. It didn't. It didn't help that Sheldon and I uh, accidentally got way too high <laughs> when we went to see it. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we're sitting there before the movie starts, and I'm trying to t- I'm trying to I'm trying to just you know uh, just push through it, but my throat was so dry, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like shit, shit I got I got I gotta go get a drink. And at this point, they've we've already started playing trailers. Like the movie's coming on, and I know I'm gonna miss the first ten minutes. So like whatever, I gotta go. And also, I wasn't expecting to be in public uh, this inebriated, so I'm standing there in the middle of the lineup, just like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> profusely sweating and just like, am I standing too close? Is this six feet away? Am I not? Too, am, I, am I standing too far? What's going on? <laughs> it was, a, it was yeah. a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> but uh, really, really great movie. Really great movie. Highly recommend. Um, I've just been. Oh no, my bad. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying I've just been playing Red Dead Redemption Two again because. When I was up in Montana, I was like, damn, I could really be playing Red Dead Redemption 2, and it looked damn near the same. <laughs> so, I did, and it's good times. Very, very resembling. Are you are you picking it back up again just to dick around with it, or are you playing through from start to finish? I've been playing through again, start to finish. Okay. But... Nice. 
Yep. But I've been doing it totally differently. I want like as bad karma as I can. Oh, go the evil oh, route. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Going black hat. Oh, yeah. Black hat. I like it. Yep. Walking in there and just goodbye Valentine. <laughs> building your build a new cemetery. Oh my. Lord. <laughs> but other than that, you know, the usual stuff. Tarkov sitting around in my gitch. In our gitch, as should be. Um. So we're just going to go right into the news, and uh, we've got 11 pieces of news today. We've got uh, some juicy rumors, and then, like I said, we're going to get into some discussion about Back for Blood. In case you didn't play it and you're curious of how it plays and what it feels like, we'll get into all that stuff at the end of the show. But for right now, our first item on the agenda is... Ghost of Tsushima Legends Mode will be releasing a uh, will be releasing as a standalone title this fall. Uh, the game will launch on September third and include a new Rivals mode in which two teams face off against um, their own separate batch of enemies and collect points and then use those points to fuck over the other team. It's pretty much exactly the Gambit mode from Destiny Two. Um, and if you buy Ghost of Tsushima Legends Mode, you can upgrade to the full game, which is the single player content. Um, and the price will be adjusted accordingly. This is interesting. I didn't... Did you mess around with uh, Legends mode at all, Brandon? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I 100%ed Legends mode because there wasn't a whole lot of content to 100% in Legends mode. Um, But them releasing it as a standalone title, I really hope they add more to it than just Rivals mode because that point exactly like we finished between chase and i we pretty much well not even just chase and i chase chris and i in a like two weeks pretty much had everything done that we could possibly do so okay how was how was the game like how did it how was the gameplay was it like do you think it's good enough as a gameplay uh to be its own title that they add to over time uh absolutely yeah. The initial gameplay is essentially just like the story mode gameplay, except you're, it's squad-based horde mode. Okay. Like, a, almost like a tower defense kind of deal. And it has potential to be better. Oh, and it's got story mode. I totally forgot about that. But Legends does have a story mode. And... It's really good, but at the same time, the story mode is this weird kind of teleporty level-based story mode, not like the open-world single-player. Right. But it has potential. I just hope they add more with it. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, uh, that's you have that option now to buy uh, Legends by itself if you haven't uh, if you haven't picked it up yet. Moving on. Blizzard's president, J. Allen Brack, has resigned in wake of recent controversies at Activision Blizzard. This lawsuit specifically mentions that many of the complaints were brought directly to Brack and that he did little to discourage or dissuade the employees from continuing their inappropriate behavior. He was letting it happen, saw he was making a mistake, and decided to fire himself. I will not be shedding any tears for Sir J. Allen Brack. Adios. See you later. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. At least, uh, at least some uh, some people are uh, you know 
he resigned of course but it's one of those things he had to resign like you know it's like you could it's like resigning to kind of look like oh guys i'm doing a little bit better i'm the one i'm gonna resign myself i feel like any longer you probably would have gotten canned regardless so i mean <laughs> right deservingly yeah, so yeah it's definitely one yeah. of those things where i'm gonna jump now before i'm pushed yeah jump so. jump ship early right yeah um i hope that uh, this doesn't take the focus off of this because i've noticed that uh, as as is i mean as we are as humans nowadays people have already started to forget and everybody's getting hyped about call of duty again i'm like well let's not forget like what just happened like literally three four weeks ago it's it's yeah. uh it's definitely a it seems like it's it's a theatric sort of like oh look at he's stepping down uh so that's changed there you so go it's all over now yeah yeah no it's definitely they still got so much work to do but yeah. um it's uh yeah he was president for i since since i uh 2018 i believe and he's been with the company for 15 years so um yeah sayonara jay allen brack um <laughs> i hope that you uh well that you i don't know live a very ordinary life and don't do anything super extraordinary again become a better person become a better person as well that's a, you see work on yourself methods. work on yourself <laughs> Yes. Um, moving on to number three. In a recent investor presentation, Take-Two Interactive has shown that they have three titles in development under the category New Iterations of Previously Released Titles. According to reports from Kotaku and VGC, which is Video Game Chronicle, along with other industry insiders slash leakers, these games are GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas. Uh, the games are reportedly being remade in Unreal Engine, and will contain a mix of old graphics and new. In terms of gameplay, the games are designed to remain as similar to the original uh, style as possible. So this is interesting because it seems like they're kind of half remaster, half remake. They're, they are technically remakes, but they're going to try and not update the gameplay. They're going to try and keep it similar to the old ones, but they're an Unreal Engine now instead of uh, Rockstar's proprietary engine. So... Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. This is interesting. I definitely didn't see this coming. Um, I didn't think there was a huge demand to replay these games. I would have thought that they should focus most of their attention on either GTA 6 or Red Dead Online or GTA Online or whatever. But this is, uh, I guess this is a thing that's happening. Um, uh, apparently, too, as well, um, other remakes of other games are on the table uh, depending on how well these ones do. So... Somebody like myself who would absolutely love a Red Dead remake in Red Dead Redemption 2's engine. Um, that might be something that's on the table uh, if these ones do well. But uh, do either of you guys plan to jump back into these games if they come out uh, this year or next year? So, like, GTA 3, man. I spent a lot of time playing GTA 3 when I was younger, even though I had no business playing that game whatsoever. Right. And, I mean, we kind of got a little bit of a taste of what a remake of that game would be with GTA 4. But, of course, totally different storyline. GTA Vice City. People have been wanting GTA Vice City remade for the longest time. They want GTA 6 to be in Vice City. And there's rumors of that potentially being the case. Right. But... GTA Vice City was probably one of my favorites. 
I don't know why. I just love the Miami, 70s Miami vibe. The mafia mob that you worked for. And this is really cool. I would definitely pick these up if this is the case and this is confirmed that that's what they're doing. Right. Yeah, I uh, I as well. I was in the, the same boat. I played way too much Vice City when I was a kid. And like you say, probably shouldn't have been. But you know what? <laughs> they were uh, they were great games. And they, they definitely are picking the right ones. GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas are all just huge crowd favorites. So they're just definitely trying to please anybody who wants to go back and, you know, replay the games but don't want to have to, you know, if you even have your old consoles anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, you'll get to replay them a little bit flashier, nicer. I as well love Vice City a lot, and it was a lot of fun to play. So I don't know whether I'd pick them up and, you know, invest the same amount of time back into them like I did when, back in the day. But uh, I'd definitely pick them up just to, like, you know, go in and dick around and stuff because uh, they were a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They definitely picked, like, the top three that everybody looks back on with fond memories right? 100%. Like that, uh, they, they've got a good selection there um yeah yeah so uh and san andreas as well obviously everybody loves san andreas and all that good stuff so interesting I'm, I'm curious to see how these end up looking because like i said it seems like they're a bit of a remake slash remaster it'll be interesting to see how different they are if the animations are the same or if, if, if the graphics are photorealistic but the animations are still like the old like i i don't know what kind of mix they're going to do so that'll be interesting to see how that how that turns out there what would be really interesting is if they update it with like grand theft auto 5 graphics and animations but leave all of the poor early 2000s audio in the game. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the compressed gunshots and and engine noises and whatnot oh my god staticky voice lines <laughs> all that good stuff they should have in you know how in uh, in master chief collection you can press a button that switches back between old graphics and new graphics what they should do is they should have just a tab of settings where you can mix and match specific <laughs> settings to new or old so it's like you can have the old polygon count with like a terrifyingly realistic texture on the characters or some shit and just get really freaky with it. That would be great. They would never do that. That'd be fucking hilarious. And well, it would work so well too, because with those old games, the amount of cheats and glitches and like flying cars and right. like floating cars you can drive on the water and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just a uh, great sandbox games to just go in and have a good time with. So yeah, yeah for sure. Moving on, Fallout, a role-playing game, which is a tabletop game, is going digital, made by Modifius, using their in-house engine called 2D20. You can buy it on their their own website. It's not going to be on like Steam or whatever. It's essentially if you like games like Dungeons and Dragons, it's that, but Fallout. So, so a video game turned into a tabletop game, turned back into a video game. Correct. <laughs> awesome. Great. Yeah, you love to see the circle of life. The circle of life, that's exactly it. Um, cool. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I'll be picking that one up, but... Um, I definitely won't. That's not my speed. It's not, a, yeah, it's not, it's not in my wheelhouse, but uh, 
it's definitely interesting nonetheless. Um, moving on to number five, uh, Gamescom 21. 2021 is right around the corner and has three events currently scheduled. Um, the first event, Opening Night Live, will be hosted by Jeff Keighley and it will stream on Wednesday, August 25th at 11 a.m. Pacific Time or 2 p.m. Eastern. The event will include trailers and gameplay demos from Gamecom's uh, various partners, including EA, Ubisoft, Bandai Namco, and others. On Tuesday, August 24th, Xbox is going to be hosting its own Gamescom event uh, hosted by Paris Lilly and Kate uh, Yeager. The event will stream at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time and will likely include gameplay of upcoming releases like Forza Horizon 5 and possibly, hopefully include announcements um or include the release date of halo infinite and maybe possibly the date of the next flight that would be pretty great uh the final event is the future game show which will stream on thursday august 26th at 1 p.m pacific time and 4 p.m eastern time and will include announcements trailers and gameplay demos from upcoming indie titles boys are we ready for some more xbox news heck yeah dude is there anything now? This now, this Gamescom uh, press conference, if we if we call it that, um, is obviously going to be much smaller compared to E3. Uh, is there anything that you guys would hope to see from this? I mean, for me, it's I would love. Obviously, I want I want a firm release date on Halo Infinite. I feel like this is the perfect time to say when it's coming out because it's presumably coming out within the next four months, and we still don't have a release date. So. I think that's pretty much a given. A lot of people are saying that's a safe bet. I would also like to see some Forge gameplay. That's the other thing that they haven't shown yet. Um, but is there anything else that you guys are looking forward to? I know we've got Age of Empires 4 and Forza Horizon um, right around the corner. So are you guys looking... Is there any is there any piece of news that you guys are keeping in your out for? I personally... I just want Ubisoft to try to redeem themselves from what they did in E3. Um... However, that's probably not going to happen. It's going to more than likely be the same thing, except instead of five minutes of you walking around in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's going to be three minutes of you walking around in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Right. But but I would like to see more of Forza Horizon 5, just because that game looks absolutely amazing. Other than that, I mean, we've pretty much seen it all, unless they're going to blow us away with something else. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the same boat. Any anything coming out about Halo Infinite, I'd be down no matter what it is. Really, I'd you know I'll take anything. And a release date would be it would be quite good. I know they were saying they were holding out uh, for another game, which we're assuming is Call of Duty, uh, to announce there, so they know where to drop it. But uh, it's getting extremely close, and not having a release date for when it's literally right around the corner. I'd love to know when it's actually going to drop. Right and uh, and yeah, anything from Forza uh, as well. I'd be I'm super excited for that game. So any little they did a great showcase at E3. So I don't know how much more in depth they could really go because they kind of showed it all for the most part. But I'd just like yeah. to look they, at more gameplay. It just looks so pretty. <laughs> yeah, they showed yeah. they they showed an exorbitant amount of Forza Horizon Five at E3, like an obnoxious amount of Forza Horizon Five. But, yeah, it was uh, the main show, really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was uh, it was Forza Horizon Five featuring E three. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it, it does. It looks really great. The graphics are again just stupidly pretty. Um, so um, yeah, I think 
I don't I don't know what we what, we might see some battlefield stuff uh, on opening night live. Um, yeah, probably some more um, Valhalla DLC, whatever they got in the pipeline. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't think of anything else Xbox might show. I mean, maybe an update on Fable, um, because that one. I think of the of the three big uh, AAA titles they have that are that don't have a release date. I think Fable is presumed to be the one that's coming up first because you've got uh, Fable, Perfect Dark, and Avowed, and I think Avowed and Perfect Dark are a bit farther out. So we could possibly see a cinematic and uh, and uh, release window for Fable. That would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd be happy for any surprises, really. Just any uh, anything that you might not see coming or they haven't talked about yet. And if they sneak any little things into there, that would be uh, very cool. Yeah, honestly, like like I've said before, I mean, uh, Redfall that was their surprise, uh, you know, tease at E three, and I absolutely fucking loved. I it loved was it. awesome. That was my game of the. That was my game of the show, even though we didn't see gameplay. But um, right. yeah, if they do something like that again, that would be nice. Yeah, I've got a gut feeling we might we might see something Fable related there, but. Um, definitely not going to be a huge event, so everybody should keep their expectations in check. Probably an update on Forza, probably an update on Halo, and that's pretty much all we should expect. Maybe some uh, flight simulator stuff, but yeah. Moving on, this one's for the big boys. <laughs> Halo Infinite receives a mature rating from the Australian government, ending rumors that the game would target a team rating. There it is. Not much to say here, but uh, I saw Good a lot news. of people going around saying that, uh, you know, with the whole free-to-play thing, they're going to try and take the Fortnite demographic, and it looks like they're not doing that, which is good. I uh, I want Halo to keep its uh, its grounded tone and its somewhat serious, uh, you know, atmosphere. So I'm happy, but uh, I wasn't, I'm not really surprised. I, I was kind of expecting a mature rating. I feel like it would be hard for any type of like war game where you're murdering people for it to be targeted at teens. Like that just seems like <laughs> it yeah. would be very hard. Like you're murdering people, you know. It's obviously it's a little bit more cartoony with aliens and stuff, so it's not fully real. But it's like any game where you're shooting people with weapons. I feel like it should be for mature audiences, regardless. Yeah, yeah you're realistically. Not <laughs> yeah, viewer discretion is advised. Yes. Uh, moving on to number seven. According to a recent job listing from Undead Labs, Stave Decay 3 is allegedly being developed in Unreal Engine 5, as there are positions that specifically reference um, experience using that. Uh, so this is, this is kind of bittersweet. This is cool because it means that my theory is correct in that the timeline of Undead Labs from going from a indie studio releasing Stave Decay to being purchased by Microsoft halfway through development of Stave Decay 2. I've been saying that if uh, Microsoft wanted to make this a staple franchise, Stave Decay 3 would be the huge big budget, let's turn this into a AAA. And if this is correct, which I mean, it's an official job posting, so it clearly is, um, that means that I am right on that and that uh, Microsoft is going to try and make this... Um, like a, a huge triple-a um uh franchise and that is awesome because i absolutely love the core gameplay of stave decay it's just got so much jank around the edges and this seems like this is exact they're doing exactly what they need to to make it the perfect package for somebody like me so i am stoked uh that is awesome news yeah absolutely man the 
Unreal Engine 5, the game's going to look really good. But um, isn't the Unreal Engine 5 the new engine with the absolutely ridiculous running requirements? Yes. Now, the only thing I'm thinking of is is that are those running requirements specifically for that demo, which was pushing everything to the max? Like, I don't know if every game built on uh, Unreal Engine 5 will right. need that requirement. I think that was just like, we're we're using 100% of all the resources of everything you can do in Unreal Engine 5. This is what it looks like. <laughs> if you want to run it, um, you have to have three computers hooked up to each other, and they all need to be 10,000 each. Yeah, right. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope that's the It case. does look good, yeah. though. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does yeah, it look good. It looks like real life for the most part, really. Yeah. 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 Moving on, the apocalyptic city builder, Frostpunk, gets a sequel announcement. Frostpunk 2, coming exclusively to PC. No release date was given, though. I quite enjoy city builders. I did not play this one. Uh, did anyone else pick this one up at all? Nope. All right, well... If you like Frostpunk, you've got another one. That's all we're saying on the matter. <laughs> yep, never heard of it personally. Yeah, I, the I, first I, I've heard of it too. I, I saw it back in the day and I thought about picking it up, but uh, I just I never got around to it. So, um, yeah, if you like that game, there's another one coming. So, you know, there you go. Nice. Moving on to number nine, thanks to the ongoing Epic versus Apple trial, some financial documents have surfaced revealing that Epic does not plan to turn a profit on the Epic Game Store until 2027. So this is kind of, uh, it seems like this is going to be the pattern with these big companies that have just a stupid amount of capital is that they are going to try and play the long game. Uh, we know Xbox is doing this with Game Pass. They're probably not making a profit yet because of how much they spend, but it's the it's it's the goal is to set up a infrastructure so that you know three four five years down the line then you start turning out a profit so um yeah it seems like we're gonna see more possibly consumer friendly um services from these huge companies and uh i mean i guess that's a good a good thing i don't really use the epic game store much so it doesn't really mean much to me but um um I'm surprised that they're, I guess not. They make a lot of money from Fortnite, right? So even though they're, the Epic Game Store is kind of being uh, sold at a loss, sold in quotes, they're still making money from other sources, so. Yeah. And we had talked about that in a previous episode anyways, like that we're theorizing Xbox isn't making any money on Game Pass and stuff like that because of all the licensing that they have to pay for. And this just goes to show that chances are Xbox is not making any money on Game Pass because Epic is not making any money. Right. Yeah. I mean, even the uh, thing about how many Games Pass subscriptions you'd have to turn a profit off of even just like the one Bethesda acquisition. like. <laughs> That's right. true. Like... Yeah. No, I, I don't think they were ever planning to recoup that money. I think that was just sort of like a investment Flex. for the for the future of the of the console as long as it exists because they're yeah they're definitely not going to no exactly but it does bring more people to games pass so it's like i can see and see where they're going with it like you say any company with huge huge amounts of money can just dish it out and sacrifice it on the short term and it'll eventually pay off so i mean 
and it uh yeah. it's nothing but good news for uh consumers so i'll take it yeah i i would be curious to know what their internal number is for game pass what number do they need to hit of, subs- of subscribers to start turning a profit i'm guessing it's got to be something like 50 60 million like it's got to be way up there i think they're at 20 million now last i heard 23 something like that but um yeah i would be curious to see what number if they have a goal they want to hit or if this is just if game pass as a whole is just a short term a long term short term thing to get people over to xbox and then once the xbox numbers go up maybe they dial back game pass i don't know i'm curious to see what their long-term plan is with this because like we've all said they're spending xbox especially has been spending a shit ton of money and uh probably won't be making that back anytime soon right uh where are we moving on to news piece number 10 According to a fiscal report, Remedy's mysterious AAA title that has totally or that is totally not Alan Wake 2 has entered full production. This game is funded and published by Epic Games since we were on the topic of Epic Games. Yeah. I um it's one of those games that I I've I've only played maybe a couple hours of. I tried to get into it, but I waited way too late and it's it's just a bit a bit dated, a bit slow in terms of its gameplay, but I know this is one of those atmospheric games that similar to uh, BioShock, everybody just swears by that like oh it's you know the the atmosphere and the setting is so just immersive. Uh, so I know there's a lot of people looking forward to this. I'll probably pick up Alan Wake too if it's if it's um, not like a direct sequel or if if you can jump into it without playing the first one. But um, yeah, yeah, Remedy uh, they're coming off of uh, Control, which everybody everybody loved. So I'm actually kind of excited to see how this one turns out. Definitely. Um, and the last uh, bit of news for the day today is season four of Rocket League is here and it is quote bussin uh it adds <laughs> it adds it adds uh, new things such as a car named outlaw which is like a mad max inspired roadster and uh, a new arena named dead eye canyon and some extra modes um so i don't play rocket league so i'll let you two fucking take it away because uh you guys are the resident rocket league grandmaster champions uh so the 2v2 extra mode tournaments is a huge thing because previously tournaments were only regular game modes and they were only 3v3 and that really hampered a lot of people's ability to play tournaments because in something like that it's a high stress situation it's a it's a tournament right so you would need a three stack but if you don't have a three stack your abilities to communicate in that game aren't very good so. Oh, what you don't you don't like seeing nice work spammed on the side of your screen? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, man. <laughs> you need the the in game voice chat, and for some reason, Rocket League just can't figure that one out. So, two v twos in the extra mode playlists is gonna be nice. Yeah, and I heard that they recently added a penalty for leaving matches, which has got uh all the rage quitters very upset yeah Um, so that's also bugged right so i went to queue into a ranked game last night 
and it didn't even put me in the game. Like, I literally hit the competitive 3v3 button, and it immediately told me people who leave the match make it unfair for others and blah, 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 blah. And I was banned from requeuing for like five minutes. Oh. <laughs> and I, oh. I didn't even do anything. I pushed the button to, to queue. <laughs> How fucking dare you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and for, from what I've heard, it's, uh, it's for casual and everything as well, which I'm personally completely okay with because uh, it was at a state where casual was like you weren't able to actually even play the game it was just complete nonsense it's like you'd join into a match it would be like you'd join a losing team of two other ais and you're the only player on that team and it's five nothing and you have like these people just like flying around going crazy and sweating on these bots and you'll join the lobby and you're like okay well there's no point in playing this match and It's one of those things you'd never get a full match, you know. You'd you, even if you were lucky enough to join at the beginning of a match, all full teams are are filled out. Somebody will score on you guys, and both your teammates just disappear. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. So this match is already over, and it's like you had to play competitive to even have a proper full match. But then if you didn't want to be, you know, trying super hard, you just wanted to like go in to have a good time. It's like. It, it made it unplayable so i'm happy about that because uh when people just quit games it, you're right it does ruin it for everyone it's like all right well can you maybe like stop them from doing that please because i'd like to play the game now <laughs> yeah but but sheldon i'm sure you know because i know there is nothing more satisfying than being able to to just double tap that f in the chat like go ahead and forfeit yeah and everybody just leaves like there's no better feeling than to bring these people to their knees yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> well that would be the thing too your your teammates get salty and they'll vote to forfeit and they'll be like two out of three and i'm like yeah i'm gonna hold out if you guys are gonna be like that i'm gonna make you guys stay in this match and then they'll end up leaving <laughs> and then yeah it punishes them for it and it's hilarious because it's like it sucks to yep. be you <laughs> yep absolute madman <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the tournaments oh, are the tournaments are are big play because uh, me and my buddy would try and play tournaments, and like you said, if we did, if you didn't have that third, it was just a random person on your team, and it's like when there's a random person, you don't know their play style, you don't have that same synergy. They're always like you, you and your buddy are communicating, but they have no idea what you guys are doing, so he'll just like get in the way or not know or whatever. But two v two, I always like the dynamic of two is more than threes anyway, so. Two v two tournaments are uh, are a big move. I like that. Definitely. Lots to look forward to if you are a Rocket League fan. Um, and now we're gonna head on over to the rumors. And uh, the first rumor that we're gonna report is lots of leaks coming from Tom Henderson um, involving Call of Duty Vanguard. Except. We're not going to talk about them because it's a pretty mediocre game series at best and uh, everything recently going on with Activision. Uh, you know, fuck Activision. We get an F in the chat, all that good stuff. So, Rip. Rip. Uh, yeah, we're not going to skip over that. If you are curious about Call of Duty Vanguard, there's tons of information out there. You can go look it up, um, but we're not going to spend time on it. <laughs> and that's just that that's it <laughs> moving on ladies and gentlemen ready up your wallets grab your mom's credit card hell Steam yeah sale dates have leaked Woo! 
The Halloween sale starts on October 28th and ends on November 1st. The autumn sale will start on November 24th and end on November 30th. And the winter sale will start on November, or December 22nd and end on January 5th. How do you like them apples? Three back-to-back -back sales. Back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back. love 70% off games? Because I love 70% off games. Let's friggin' go, boys. Steam sales? Oh, man. Just so dangerous, but so good. Everything. <laughs> Everything's on sale. Everything you could ever want. It's right at that time of year, too, where you're spending a lot of money on other things as well for holidays and whatnot, too. <laughs> right, like, yeah, right. You're right. The, but honestly, the word is dangerous. <laughs> it is definitely dangerous. But what you can do, here's what you do, kids, kids at home listening, uh, is just request Steam gift cards for all of your holiday yeah. uh, wants. Yep. And that way, you can yeah. still focus on spending your money on other people, as you should. And then you get all the Steam gift cards, and then you just fucking hit one of these sales. That's a very good bada point. Bada boom, bada bing. That's a good strat. That's big brain plays. Big brain big plays. Big brain plays. Gage knows from personal experience. Yeah, it sounds like I you. Do. Yeah, I was gonna say, it sounds like you speak from experience there. <laughs> I do, except uh, for me, I request Steam gift cards, and then I also just buy them, yeah. um, and then don't get anything for anyone else because fuck them. <laughs> I need Steam games. Gaben. I need to add to my backlog of hundreds of games that I'm never going to touch. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, man. You love to see it. You love to see it. How big can I get this list? Um, moving on to number three. Tons of information has leaked uh, from Halo Infinite, uh, including its entire story, which we will not be talking about. I am avoiding campaign spoilers. Uh, but I've been playing with fire. I've been flirting with it because I'm trying to find out as much gameplay-centered uh, uh, information I can looking at leaks whilst trying to dodge story spoilers, story leaks. And I've done so successfully up to this point, and I'm probably going to stop looking. So if you're somebody who doesn't want the gameplay mechanics of Halo Infinite uh, spoiled, then you can just skip ahead, like, I don't know, two or three minutes. Um, but we're not spoiling any story, uh, any story stuff, so don't worry about that. But Let's get into some of the stuff that's leaked from Halo Infinite. Um, gameplay elements have been leaked, including um, apparently that there's going to be multiple campaigns. Um, maybe not at launch, but um, one of the menus uh, says multiplayer, um, forge, and then campaigns, plural. So they might add some more uh, down the line. Uh, AI in forge mode, based off of a screenshot which shows the dead body of an elite in front of the character who's got um, who's in an extremely flat area with uh, a bunch of vehicles spawned in. So that's kind of huge. Um, we've got details about the extent of the customization, which will include items such as weapon charms, uh, ammo counter colors, death effects, weapon kits, and different horns for your vehicles, along with coatings and all that good stuff. So it looks like there's going to be quite a bit of things to unlock and grind for. Um, also, anybody who was worried, I know, Sheldon, you were talking about this, anybody who's worried about um, everything being locked behind a paywall of Battle Pass, uh, there has been leaks that show that you have to complete certain challenges or uh, find certain hidden items in the campaign to unlock cosmetics in uh, multiplayer. So there is going to be stuff to work towards the good old-fashioned way, Perfect. which is awesome. Um, it's what you love to see and yeah I am extremely hyped for this game I was so worried going into it uh, even going back you know a year or two um, 
I just I have not enjoyed anything that three four three's done with Halo, but um, ever since playing the technical test, I'm a believer, man. This game is fucking great. Uh, I think Halo's gonna come gonna come back in a big way this year, and uh, these leaks are just uh, just just adding to the uh, to the list of everything uh, right with this game. So I personally am very hyped. Moving on to our next rumor. According to an Overwatch leaker, Metro underscore OW, if you want to check him out, Blizzard will delay Overwatch 2 to 2023. This comes with news that T-Mobile, State Farm, and Coca-Cola have all put up, pulled out of the Overwatch League. Yeah, not a good time for Activision Blizzard. Nope. Um, I... So even if companies didn't pull out of their sponsorships for the Overwatch League, I could see them delaying it anyways until the sort of negative hype dies down because you don't want to release your game and have every reviewer mention it in the last paragraph of, oh, you know, considering everything happened this year, everything happening, uh, you know, currently. I I kind of figured this. Um, I still don't know what the fuck they're doing with this game because it's... It's like a half step, like everybody who plays Overwatch 2 can play with Overwatch 1 and you bring over all the same unlocks, but you can only play certain modes in Overwatch 2. I don't understand how, how that's going to work. I just, I don't, I don't know if I personally have any hype for this game. Uh, what do you, yeah. what do you feel in Sheldon? Yeah, no, I, uh, I loved Overwatch uh, for a long while. It was my main game. It was uh, awesome to play. I, uh, I just don't. If you're making a sequel, make it a sequel. Like I don't. Right. I've gotten less and less hype every time they announce anything about this game because it's like you have no idea what it's going to be like. If you're if it's still the same pool as people in Overwatch One, it can't be that much better because it would still need to run like Overwatch One. So, how many years has it been since that game came out? And it's still going to be more or less exactly the same. Like I don't. Right not very excited for it like if if they make it a sequel and a proper one and you know redo some things then yeah but even like the current state of the original overwatch isn't very playable anymore they kind of ruined the competitive and everything with the role queue and stuff and it's just a, the game has done a complete 180 from what it started out as which was when i played it to what it is now where it just it, it doesn't excite me anymore it's just not very fun i don't know personally it's just not uh it's not it and if they keep the uh like a half sequel going it's like i just don't see how that's going to bring in too many new people if it's basically overwatch one just reskinned and fancy i guess but if it's same gameplay mechanics and whatnot i just don't see it being that great anyway so i don't know <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's so interesting to look at the absolute uh, almost like the opposite of Overwatch. When Overwatch came on, uh, when it was first getting announced and first being teased, it had it was so easily marketable because it was so it was like the first big uh, MOBA coming to consoles, like first person MOBA, and uh, it was super fresh and everybody wanted it. And now you have this game where it's like, yeah, I would. They're they're in such a they're in such a corner. Like, how do you market this game to somebody? How do you convince somebody to pick up Overwatch Two? Like, it's even confusing to people who know Overwatch, because it's like, okay, it's a sequel, but you can play with people from Overwatch 1, and how do, you can upgrade heroes, but you can't use that in PvP, because that affects Overwatch 1. Like, 
I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing. I just have no clue. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you. Like, I, I genuinely just am confused. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like they're, it's like they're making a DLC that they want to charge full price for. So. Yeah. Yeah. It almost seems like their vision for Overwatch is kind of like we've hit the ceiling of what this game can be. Like, you know, even, even when I think about it in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, like, if they were to do a full sequel, they could do, you know, way better animations and, you know, oh, maybe the sound design's better. Maybe the, you know, ragdolls will stay on screen a little bit longer. But like at a technical standpoint, I mean, Overwatch is kind of Overwatch. So I wonder if this is kind of one of those things where they're like, well, we're a company, we need to make money, we have to make a sequel, but there's really nothing to improve or to sort of like uh, evolve in terms of gameplay. Because it's like, aside from making everything prettier, I mean, it's not like you're going to, you know, I, I, I don't know what, what you could even add in a, in a full-blown sequel that would uh, fundamentally improve it. Everything, every every complaint people have about Overwatch is like back-end stuff where it's like how they deal with matchmaking and role queue and and yeah. uh all that stuff right like it's not like technical stuff so yeah maybe they just uh maybe they just jumped the gun and made a sequel when there was really no need for one well because i know they were talking yeah. about the sequel having like a story mode which yeah i guess if at least that's something that's added to it but it's like if the multiplayer is going to be identical is it worth buying another you know full price game for just some story stuff like unless it's super expansive and well done then probably not i mean because the the whole point of overwatch is you know it's the team-based you know pvp so like you can add story mode yeah but it's a nice addition but i wouldn't call it another full price game by doing that like no, I almost wonder if they would have been better off doing like a spin-off where instead of 79.99 game that includes story mode and multiplayer that's backwards compatible with Overwatch 1, if they just released a $40 PVE, you know, Overwatch colon strike team or whatever and it's yeah. it's literally all that content that's uh in Overwatch 2 but it's just the PVE. I feel like that would at least be simpler to market to people. Like, oh, this is a PvE you know version of Overwatch. You know, yeah, exactly. And even even that way, they could do like the whole, oh, well, you can link your accounts and all of your skins that you get in Overwatch One, you can use an Overwatch Strike Team or whatever it's called, right? And then that seems like a bit more palatable. But yeah, it, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious about this just to see what kind of shit show, like how they try to sell this to people. I'm curious on that end, but I don't know if I'll be picking up. Uh, yeah i mean they pushed it back pretty far so maybe in the meantime they can kind of rethink where it's supposed to be going and maybe you know maybe it will end up turning out to be something decent but as as is right now i don't really see the use of it being a sequel Yeah, yeah i agree i agree uh and moving on to the final rumor of the day uh, this is a big one, but uh, there is no credible source attached to this. The only reason I'm including it is that the original post was uh, pretty detailed. So either somebody who's extremely bored and wants attention, or quite possibly, maybe, some truth to it. So definitely take this one with a huge grain of salt. But Fortnite might be getting an open-world RPG game mode, separate from the Battle Royale, uh, a kit, something akin to Save the World. Um so a separate download. Uh, the working title is allegedly Return to Growth and will feature an evolving map, uh, again, similar to 
the Battle Royale. Uh, it's got main quests and side quests um, and skills to unlock and improve. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, that would be interesting. I I still remember every now and again, and it kind of makes me upset, that uh, Epic Games promised that the Save the World mode would be free once uh, Fortnite uh, leaves early access. And uh, the official status of Fortnite is that it has not left early access. It's still in early access, apparently, even though it's very clearly not. So, yeah, just just another thing they're adding to it before they've technically officially finished the game, which is kind of sleazy in my opinion. Um, but I don't know... Yeah, how would you guys feel about an open-world role-playing game um, set in the... Fortnite sort of gameplay loop and, and universe. Is it going to have Ariana Grande and Travis Scott concerts? It will not. Then I am not interested. <laughs> <laughs> you can count me out. Yeah, I, I'm totally over the the Fortnite hype train. I that that train has left the station for me. Yeah, and it just seems like yeah, like you say, adding something else when the game isn't technically done yet, even though it really is. And it's like, would this if this was a thing, you know, would it be extra? Would you have to pay for it? Like, I don't know, logistically, how it would work. But like, I feel like gameplay wise, it it would be kind of a weird uh, RPG game. Like, it's very I just don't know if it would be that good, really. Like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's how, like, the mechanics of that game, like, function. So unless right. they, they'd have to change a lot. And then in that case, would it even really be, like, Fortnite again? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's something to keep our eyes on, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I, won't be, I won't be jumping out of my chair to try and grab this one at all. Good old Fortnite. Good old Fortnite. Well, that is all of the rumors and the news for this week's episode. Uh, But now, as a way of apologizing for missing an episode, we're going to give you guys a super special, in-depth conversation about Back for Blood. Maybe not. Maybe we don't have a lot to say. I don't know yet. We haven't had the conversation yet. But... Let's talk about Back for Blood. We all played the beta. Some of us more than others. Some of us, uh, some of us maybe ditched the homies to play Tarkov instead. Yo, just at me next time. <laughs> I didn't ditch the homies. Just so y'all know, their internet went down, and they decided to leave and come back like two hours later and said, "Hey, you still want to play Back for Blood?" And I'm like, "I've moved on." <laughs> <laughs> bigger and better things <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh but we did all play uh, varying amounts of it um so yeah this is the game developed by turtle rock the guys that made left for dead and left for dead 2 way back in the day um how how do we all feel about it i mean what are your what are your general opinions on this game uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Sheldon. How you feeling about this one? I quite enjoyed it personally. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't really know what to expect, and uh, it played uh, much nicer than I thought it was going to. 
um, in comparison to like Left 4 Dead and whatnot. The gunplay felt like it obviously isn't top tier, but it was substantially better than my expectations going into it. Like each of the individual guns, you know, the fire rates on them, they all felt different. They weren't just, you know, oh, this is the gun. They all feel exactly the same no matter which one you pick up. Like very, it was much better that way. And then, yeah, overall, some of the mechanics, the whole deck system, like it was very fresh, new. And uh, you had things to work towards. And uh, yeah, all in all, I was was quite a fan. And the PvP was surprisingly really enjoyable barring matchmaking yeah. issues or people quitting the game uh when you right. did get a full game awesome tons of fun <laughs> yeah so i i think what we'll do is we'll break this conversation down section by section and we'll start we'll start with just the gunplay um which i think you actually worded perfectly is that i it's not anywhere near the sort of uh what you'd expect from a triple a game it's definitely nowhere near call of duty or even halo or anything like that but it felt a lot better than I expected. Like exactly like how you said it. Um, and uh, the attachment system is interesting. I like that you can pick up, you can just sort of scavenge these uh, attachments throughout the map and then they will affect your weapon. And there's only, there's really only one attachment kind of for each slot. So there's not, there's never going to be this situation where you have uh, an overwhelming amount of things to choose from. You don't know where, what to put where. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty uh, streamlined in that way, which I like. And, um, yeah, the weapons felt good. They felt varied. Um, there's definitely certain weapons designed for certain uh, scenarios. And uh, if you want to get the most out of certain weapons, you definitely have to coordinate with your team. Like the snipers, for example, would not worth it at all to use on the common infected. But if you had um, somebody in your team dedicated to taking out specials, that's where the snipers would come in handy. So I like that sort of uh, aspect to it. And then... You've got melee weapons and all that good stuff. Um, how did you feel about the uh, the gunplay there, Brennan? So I actually really liked it. You you had made the comment when we were waiting in a lobby before your internet went down um, that you hadn't actually ran into a vector in the game. And well, my first mission that I loaded into in the campaign, I literally found a vector just chilling on the ground in the first safe room so i picked it up and i was like wow this is really nice because in tarkov i used the vector a lot and it was just like a normal vector and i was like damn this is cool however the thing is a bullet hose and there is like i would say there wouldn't be enough ammo scattered throughout in between the safe rooms right to use something with that fast of a fire rate like yeah i was running out of ammo with that gun constantly to the point to where i had to actually aim this prey and spray submachine gun and just like try to one tap yeah or else i run out of ammo Yes, I I agree with that. So we're gonna so we're gonna shift here. We're gonna we're gonna. I mean, we can if we have to dip back into gunplay, we can. But we'll move on to the next category I want to talk about, which was the scavenging slash looting. Um, okay. So I I think there is an they do need to adjust something here. I don't know quite what it is. I don't know if everybody needs an increased ammo count or if 
the if certain drops in the game need to be privatized so that uh, if you find a pile of ammo, everybody can pick it up as opposed to just first come first serve. Because I did notice that even on the normal quote unquote difficulty, the mid difficulty, uh, running out of ammo is a huge problem in this game, like an absolutely huge problem. Um, and yeah, like you said, certain weapons would just be like hardly usable um, because if it's a if it's a high fire rate, low damage weapon you're going to run out of ammo extremely quickly. Mm-hmm. And that was my issue with the Vector. Like, there, Everybody was running some sort of SMG, so there was just no SMG ammo anywhere. And it, it sucked. Yeah, it's, but... it, it almost encourages you to run ahead to grab the ammo, which is completely antithetical to the left for dead style of gameplay which is stick together if you run off by yourself you're gonna get picked off by the special infected so i definitely think they've got some work there to sort of find that balance i don't know if it's just that you know the ammo if they're gonna keep this whole first come first serve all the loot is shared um or it's it's all one loot then um maybe you get more from a pile and everybody has like double the reserve ammo and then that way you can sort of not run out as much but yeah i don't know how i I don't know how i feel about the the whole um uh sort of uh i don't know i don't know which is it shared loot or is it private loot the loot that you know there's one loot for everybody and if somebody grabs it it goes is that shared or is that private i I always get them fucking mixed up like i'm pretty sure like in the borderlands since loot's privatized if i pick up a gun that gun is still there for you like, right. Yeah, it's like a privatized thing. Yeah. So the way it works in Back for Blood, it would be shared then. So if there's a pile of ammo and Sheldon grabs it, that ammo is gone for me. Sheldon now has it, and uh, right. that's how it works for weapons. That's how it works for attachments for your weapons, for health kits, all that stuff. And uh, the thing in Left for Dead is that um, in the old Left for Dead games, the items were like that. You know, if you found a loose weapon on the ground, it was you know first come first serve. The pain pills were like that. But the ammo piles were always for everyone, and you could hit it as many times as you needed to. So I definitely think there is some room there for improvement, uh, especially when it comes to the ammo, because I did find myself running out quite a bit. And uh, it then you're just sort of sitting there waiting, trying to take out zombies with your knife slowly, and then it just affects the gameplay, and it's just... It's a whole thing. So Yeah. That was actually yeah. my biggest drawback as well, was the the loot system being, you know, first come, first serve, because, like you say, it, it definitely rewards people for, like, sprinting ahead of the group and just, like, getting first dibs on a room and just cleaning it out, and then you get there and there's nothing left. And there are a couple times there, the special cases that need to be opened with, like, a special kit that you have to buy in the store. And there was a time, and I'll be like, okay, and I use my kit and I unlock it, and Buddy's standing behind me and spams the button and picks up all the items before I, after I opened it. Right. And I'm like, well, thanks, <laughs> you know. And it's yeah, if uh, if you're having a bad match, or maybe you didn't have an extra med kit, or you're low on health or ammo, so you're kind of hanging back. You, it's it's a vicious cycle. You stay. It it would help if you're playing with friends versus online matchmaking, of course where your buddy could, you know, oh, there's ammo here, come grab it. But when everybody, you know, you're playing with randoms and stuff, you're hanging a bit back because you don't have ammo or you're low on health. And then they all get to go in first, they grab all the stuff, and then there's still nothing left for you because you had to hang back. And then it's like you can never get back ahead of it until the match ends and you can rebuy all your stuff from the shop at the beginning of the round. 
so that I found right, like it right. it re- almost rewarded bad behavior, like sprinting ahead and just stealing everything before anybody even has a chance. Like I remember it was my fr- it was like the first two acts. I didn't I was still using a melee secondary because the character had a melee secondary, and not once did I find a secondary on the ground in any of the rooms because <laughs> everybody just run in and snatch them all up ahead of time or whatever. Right, so that was my biggest yeah. drawback. At least some of the loot be uh yeah. private so that everybody can you know grab that ammo pack or something like that yeah I, I i think they could definitely tweak it and i think there's a happy medium like like we're all kind of slowly gravitating to the idea that yeah maybe have ammo be privatized like i understand if you want to have you know oh there's only one med kit and you have to use it tactically as a team and that's you know part of your core design philosophy like yeah i understand that but Again, like it's not fun to be playing a shooting game where you're always out of ammo. Like that's just not right. It it does not feel great. Um, I will say I did. Um, so I ended up playing with um a full team of people because Sheldon and I played together for quite a bit. Uh, Brandon, you you played with uh, randoms matchmaking, and then uh, yeah. just last night at the tail end of the night, I was able to get a full team. Uh, I played with uh, Dan and Rashan from Podcast PXN, friends of the show, and uh, my buddy glenn and i will say there is a some of the upgrades that they've made to the core gameplay from left for dead that i think are really great is the inventory system and uh sheldon you and i didn't really figure this out uh in time when you and i were playing but uh, when you open up your uh your menu i don't know what button it is on uh controller but on pc it's tab you can actually drop ammo you can drop copper you can drop your weapons if you want Um. so we were we were running into this issue and then like sort of halfway through one of the last rounds we all stopped and we're like wait a minute who's using what and then we all started sharing the ammo that we weren't using and that experience was kind of cool it was kind of fun and i was like okay this is this is kind of neat i like this i like this idea of um having an open inventory that you can share with your teammates um in case somebody needs it like i i had the perk on where uh, however much I heal a teammate, it heals myself for. So everybody was dropping the med kits for me so that we could get two heals out of it. Then I would trade them bandages and whatnot. So that's a really cool feature. And I like that. But I think that, yeah, I think ammo is a safe one to make private for everybody because uh, you should be at least able to function as a soldier in the game and actually, you know, combat enemies outside of right. anything else. Um,. I think the shop system's really cool. It's a really cool upgrade from Left 4 Dead where at the beginning of every match you can sort of go in and buy a random selection of uh, items to sort of uh, boost your performance and whatnot and you can save up uh, all your copper that you find to uh, get uh, permanent bonuses for the team. That stuff's really cool. Um, And uh, they've got the card system which is the big selling point of this one is their new sort of uh, RNG feature similar to the director from Left 4 Dead, uh, where pretty much at the start of every round, you know, you play a campaign, you play a campaign match, and it's divided into, you know, five rounds or five chapters similar to Left 4 Dead. And then at the start of every round, you uh, you get a modifier card or a challenge card, which affects the game. Um, there's some where maybe it increases the common infected's uh, health and their and their attack damage. Uh, there's some where I, I got one last night with the guys where it adds a mist, it adds a fog to the map, which is really cool. Um, and then you get, you have your deck, which uh, it'll draw five cards and you get to pick one of them. And then these will be bonuses like you have plus 25% ammo capacity or 
plus 40% uh, stamina regeneration, stuff like that. Um, the card system is really fucking cool, in my opinion. I really like it. I thought it was uh, really well done. It was a bit confusing at first, but you play like one or two matches, and immediately you're like, okay, I understand how this works now. Um, especially in PvP, I really liked it. Um, how did you guys? How did you guys feel about the new card system? So, like, I, that was my point. What you had said was that it was really confusing at first. They did not give you any sort of anything. They just said, "Hey, go to this guy, and build your deck." They didn't tell you what it was. They didn't tell you how to use right. it. They didn't tell you how it worked. They just said, "Go over here, build it," and that was it. So. Yeah, I uh, I quite liked it. It's very it's very cool and like the whole thing how like your top three are uh, like guaranteed to always be there, and then the rest. I think it's fifteen cards in a deck total. So aside yep. from the top three, at the beginning of every round, it will randomly pick out of the uh, everything aside from the top three, and it's completely random, and you can get to pick and choose like which one you might want for that game. And the next round, it'll add another one and so on. So by the end of like an entire chapter, you've been able to build this, uh, all these abilities accordingly. And you can kind of plan, plan ahead and, uh, you, you know, build yourself up in the way that you want. So you can either survive more, have more ammo, however you want to do your play style. Uh, yeah. I was quite a fan. And then they have the, uh, supply chain or whatever it was, uh, where they have the tier system where you can slowly uh, buy supplies with these points that you earn and which gives you new cards that you can go then add to your deck and you can kit yourself out just the way you want for your play style, which I thought was really unique. And uh, everybody's deck would look all a little bit different by the end of it, right? So yeah, you end up with a yeah, bunch and, of different and... bonuses from all the different players and it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, it lets you like uh, you know configure a team in a sort of like a team comp, if you will, and yeah, uh, exactly. and uh, everybody has a certain role. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brandon. Like, it does not. Yeah, it, it does not explain anything to you at all. The fact that um, yeah, in campaign your top card is always guaranteed, and in PvP your top three cards are always guaranteed. They don't mention that at all, right? So Sheldon, after playing a few matches, Sheldon and I realized that. So you can sort of set it so that, you know, your top three cards, those you put the ones you like the most in that section because you always get them. If you're playing campaign, it's just your your top card top that you always one, get yeah. no matter what. Um, which, uh, yeah. Th- so I- I'm hoping that it's just the fact that it's a, it's a beta. They maybe forgot to squeeze that in there. Maybe the tutorial they have done. Um, and uh, maybe it had, like, spoilers for the game in it, so they didn't include it. But it is it is very strange. I'm I'm hoping they add a tutorial for the card system in the full game because you're right it is it is very confusing. Learn um, as you go. Actually, um, something to note as well is that the game has gone gold over the weekend, which is interesting because it's a beta weekend. But mm. they are now finished development and they are polishing uh, polishing and bug squashing. So um, yeah, maybe that's the reason. Maybe they had the tutorial ready to go, but it maybe spoiled some other content, so they left it out. Um, and uh yeah so overall all in all card system like like you said the supply lines it's it's pretty much it feels like left for dead but with you know sort of the progression systems of a of a modern game where there's things to work towards and things to unlock and all in all to me it, it all felt really well aside from you know some loot issues and and ammo issues uh the most of the new features of the game are are pretty refreshing and i like quite a bit 
you know, pretty um, very unique. Yeah, my my biggest drawback with the game is actually the art style. It doesn't. Uh, it definitely. I don't know. It seems like the, they try to make everything look kind of realistic in a sense, and ev- all the you know all the uh, special infected kind of look just different variations of the same thing. They've all got the big red wormy stuff coming out of them and all the zombies kind of look the same it doesn't have that sort of easily identifiable sort of look and feel to the old left for dead games where it's like that's clearly a witch that's clearly a boomer you know that's clearly a hunter it's it's i i yeah i'm not a huge fan of the um of the art style everything in there kind of looks very generic like very generic zombie creatures very generic very very generic monsters it doesn't have that same sort of style and and uh, charm of, of the original games, but I didn't really expect it to. It's that's kind of something there you can't you, you can only hit uh, lightning only strikes once, as they say, right? So, um, and there's but, a bit, uh, there's a bit of an issue as well, gameplay wise, when it comes to that because in this, you know, they do have special zombies, but then there's variants of the specials, and I feel like there's not a lot. Uh, in between all the variations to be able to easily distinguish like what one it is and what its abilities right. would be so it's like there's two styles of boomer it's like you you can't really tell which one it is until well it explodes in your face and you're like oh that was the exploding one right so right yeah and that's and, and yeah that's exactly right because there's different variations of of the same special infected where they actually perform differently right so for the uh for the big guy and, and that's the other thing too is that Whatever they've named them, they're not memorable at all. I, I can't remember what the what the creatures are called, but the big boomer-like one, there's two variants, right? There's the one that just runs up to you and explodes, and then there's the one that can projectile vomit from far away. And you're right, you have no idea which one's which, because all you see is their weak spots glowing red, and then they just look up a big mass of flesh. That's all what all the special infected look like. Yeah. Um, the game's also very dark, and does not have any sort of, like, you know, color or different, like all the maps kind of look the same, um, which is, you know, a huge contrast to Left 4 Dead 2, which had bright, sunny maps. It had the swampy bogs. It had, you know, sort of Louisiana type uh, cities and and all that stuff. So um, that's all art style stuff. I yeah, the game's very dark. Every, all the colors, the game's just sort of like dark gray all the way around. And there's not really much, uh, much of anything in terms of art, but um it's a pretty minor detail most people probably won't bother most people but I, it definitely doesn't feel as original as left 4 dead 2 in terms of aesthetics maybe um, with uh full release there'll be more acts and maybe there will uh hopefully be a little bit more variation yeah Although i mean you i never I, know really though i would hope so i would hope so yeah um and uh the last thing we need to talk about is pvp did you did you jump into any pvp at all brandon uh no that was one thing i did not get around to because i didn't know it was a thing um so i mean i really don't have much to say about the pvp other than it sounds cool yeah so it's a bit different from the old left for dead it's not the campaign sort of um uh, walkthrough where one team goes through a campaign and then the other team has to try and stop them what they do is it's pretty much just like a um just an arena sort of how long each team it still swaps back and forth you have the cleaners trying to survive as long as possible and the infected trying to take them out but it's just a set arena instead of trying to make your way through uh somewhere and then as the time goes on the uh, there's almost like a battle royale type uh 
shrinking of the map that happens. Um, a lot of people are really upset because they like the old style of uh, verses from Left 4 Dead. I like that style too, but I actually didn't mind this. I, I actually thought it was quite a, a bit of fun. Um, playing as the Special Infected is really fun. Uh, the animations are really solid. They made it third person this time, so it's uh, you can you have a sort of an advantage of being able to see around the map when you're the infected. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I yeah, Sheldon and I played quite a bit of PvP. Uh, they definitely need to. Speaking of penalties for leaving, they mm-hmm. definitely need to add one of those in for launch because um, it's it. it and I, this is what I was saying to Sheldon as we were playing, but it's something that's really unique to. Well, I guess not unique anymore because Rocket League has the same issue. But it's definitely a Left 4 Dead thing where you boot up a versus match, and if the one team dominates in the first round, like Left 4 Dead players are notorious for just leaving. And I was really upset to see that happening so soon in Back for Blood where every match you and I played either wasn't filled or if it was filled, if the other team got spanked in the first round, they just leave. They just totally leave and then you're, you're stuck. The game also doesn't cancel matches if the teams become unbalanced or even if everybody on the enemy team leaves, the game will just keep on going. You have to exit. So that's uh, small stuff that I'm sure will be ironed out. Um, but uh, the core gameplay is fun. So if they can try and sort of keep people from leaving i don't know if they're if it's better to punish people for leaving or to incentivize them to stay i don't know which side of the coin they're going to land on but they need to do something because there is a lot of that yeah they uh they could go either way like maybe bonuses for fully completing a match or you know some sort of penalization for leaving one or something like that because yeah it was uh it's not fun to have you'd have like a really good match but like oh wow that was a lot of fun but then because it was a lot of fun because you were doing really well and then the other team just disappears and like oh well now we don't get to play <laughs> yeah and um i was hoping maybe it's just one of those you know it was a beta not as diverse of a player base on at any particular time or something like that but uh it was it was a lot of fun playing as the special infected, as you said, was was really cool. I was a huge fan of the uh, hawker they were called. It was basically like a hunter, except with a spit ability, I guess. If you're comparing it to Left for Dead, right? And uh, the leap that is you're jumping around, similar to the hunter, and being able to like stick to the wall and whatnot, and uh, it felt very satisfying there, just just leaping around the map. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the the fact that you can. Uh, swap variants every time you die if you just realize you don't want to play that character you know you swap to somebody else and for each special infected there's the different variations that have slightly different abilities i enjoyed that that way there's a little bit for everyone or even just mid-game you're like "Ah, i'm not enjoying this character right now it's not really working for how the cleaners are playing you could you and your teammates could you mix up okay we'll do this and this instead like the match that they were all sitting inside the house, me and you just went in as like the big tanks and we just trapped them in the house and just beat them to death. <laughs> yeah. And they just could not get out whatsoever. So I do like how there's a little bit of a variation and uniqueness where there are lots of different things to be playing as and team comps, I guess, so to speak, uh, to build a proper, you know, chance to defeat them. Right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I agree. I do. I agree. I will say though, I do kind of miss, and maybe they could add it in as like just a separate game mode later on or something. But I do miss that 
campaign style like you're sitting in the shadows waiting for them to come out from a building or something like that and right sneak up on them because like the one downside is because it was arena based it's like they were always just you could pretty there wasn't a, enough common infected to really distract them i feel like so it's like they would just focus on you at all times and some of the maps were pretty small with very you have to be hidden to spawn in as a zombie and so they if there's like you know they're sitting on a building and there's only one other building you know that there's that you're, everybody's going to be spawning behind that building so they just stare at the building yeah. and wait right so it's kind of like one of those things if the campaign there's a there's a path they need to go they have a an objective that kind of distracts them so you can hunt properly because there's nothing like especially as that circle starts to shrink and it's like the places to spawn become fewer and fewer and it's like there there's less to look at and it's like I did uh, I did miss that campaign style versus mode because at a certain point I feel like the arena uh, got a little bit too tight I guess and anybody who was just you know you could just stare at a spot and just wait for them to spawn in kind of thing and it was I liked it but I just want that option as well to do the campaign style in an ideal world. I agree. Yeah, I hope that they add that in the future and I mean if they're planning to support this game for a while they definitely have the opportunity to add that. Um so yeah, I think uh I think that would be a welcome addition. Uh, aside from that, the way the game is now, it's uh it's definitely promising. It's it's I'm leaving the beta um more excited for the game than I was going into it for sure. Hundred percent. Pleasantly surprised with the gameplay and how everything uh, felt. Again, some some small kinks to iron out, but uh, over, all in all, it's a, it's a solid game from from Turtle Rock, and I'm glad that uh, that they're finding their feet again after Evolve and some of the other issues they've had. So, um, yeah, Back for Blood. I mean, it's it's getting the official stamp of the Meningitch approval. It seems like. Yep. Um, so, uh, that, that wraps our discussion on that and that, that, and that in turn wraps the entire episode. So that was our super special, sorry, we missed a weekend episode. Um, I wish I had one of those party horns to blow right now, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) No, you have uh, to do the party horn episode, uh, the party horn noise too. Do I have? Yeah, oh, where's I hear your you party horn? Wait, 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 wait. All right, ready? That. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was our uh, that was our super special. Sorry, we missed a weekend episode. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you. Oh, 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 thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Please stop. Please okay. stop. Oh, all right. Okay. All right, guys, settle down. Settle down. Come on. Okay. Now. Um, that's the episode. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed this nonsense, um, then, you know, you know where to find us because you're listening to us now and you're one of, you're one of an elite group. You're one of maybe what, 12, 15 people last I checked. Ooh. So, um, congratulations! You're in on the ground you're, floor. You're in on the ground floor of this, yeah, of this company, which is going to grow and grow and grow until we lose touch with our humanity and mistreat all of our employees. <laughs> we'll remember you first. <laughs> we'll remember you first. You're first in line. Remember us um, as we were, rem- <laughs> not yeah. as we are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so this is okay. So we're resetting the schedule. So next next episode will be up two weeks uh, from today, um, and we will not miss another episode ever again. So help me God, if we do, um, I personally promise to slash all of Brandon's tires uh, on his uh, Nova. He's he's correct. He will do it. He will I, make the two thousand mile journey all the way here just to vandalize my vehicle. Yep. That's how so, committed we are to you and giving you the news that you need to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I will hold him accountable to it if he does not do it. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. That's it. We're losing we're losing our minds a bit. So we're gonna call it here. If you enjoyed it, you know, stick around, listen to another episode or don't. Do what you want. Live your life. Um and uh, I think I think we'll end on a on a fuck Activision again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good old fuck Activision. Yeah. Fuck Activision. Who? Never heard of him. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I like it. I like it. Respect. Respect. <laughs> <laughs>